Welcome back to the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Oh, they're great. They're like sex, except I'm having them. Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. <laughs> And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. As you already know, I'm D Jones. I got my main man, the ghost, with me. And we got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Still. These episodes are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and this week does not disappoint. Ghost, give them a breakdown on what we're working with. Yo, certified barn burner, big time legend. Yeah, I'm using that term. Jack Curtin, man, he's been doing it forever, it feels like now, and he's still doing it at a high level. One of the guys that I just have the most respect for, he's he's one of them blue collar type skaters, man. Shit don't come easy, but he's fucking busting his ass getting clips and has been for literally decades now. Great interview, funny guy, some awesome stories from the smuggler himself. And then, uh, yo, the post office is starting to get turned up in there. Thanks for all your voice notes and emails. And then, yo, big week five in the NFL, man. We're uh, covering a few games and them fucking four straight win cowboys man when we are we're all ready to write them off they just keep winning and the philadelphia eagles are now five and oh the undefeated streak continues marching their way to 17 and (laughs) oh jack Curtin is essentially what the phrase agent like a fine wine was created for man hell of a guy to have on the pod very excited to bring you his interview but first, make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bun Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bun Live. Hit us up on Patreon, patreon.com slash The And then head over to TheBuntLive.com. Every episode logged for your listening pleasure. Ghost, you do a lot of skate video watching this week or what? I know you were traveling this week. You're out there on the West Coast. You've probably been busy living it up on the golf course, partying, doing some Friendsgiving stuff. Um, give us a little rundown of your trip so far and then your shout out of the week. Yeah, a massive trip. Came out here for our boy Phil Mendelssohn's birthday. You know what I'm saying? The homie I started skating with in grade seven. Had to pull up on him. Yeah, man, we just been playing golf, skating. You know, Morgan came out here too. Heavy cruise daily. Loving it. Some hangovers in the mix as well. But shit, it's all good. Hey. <laughs> And uh, the one thing that I did watch was the Spitfire Wheels rerouting video. Little Euro crew slapped together. Harry Lintel, our boy KGZ, Karangel, Charlie Birch, um, Helena Long, to name a few. Uh, they hit up Portugal. It's just a fun edit, man. It's over at Freescape Mag. So go check that out, man. Spitfire Wheels doing it big. Only one thing left to do before we get into the interview, and that's 
order a little something something to eat you know we got big bellies over here at the bunt and there's only one place we go to fill them maker pizza ghost what we have for lunch bro this week i'm feeling like going the healthy route i'm gonna run a margarita man just fresh and simple for the win all right the ghost is having a margarita you know we're gonna add in a couple pounds of wings maybe hit him with that lemon pepper mix it up a couple chocolate chip cookies some drinks on the side maddie matheson tell him what you get when you order maker pizza this is literally the best pizza in the world let's get this interview pop all right long overdue we got jack curtain in the motherfucking building what's cracking dog what up what up long time yes sir <laughs> save has been on you about this one man <laughs> he has. Uh, I he feel has. like I checked in there like every six months for like four years. It was definitely like once a year. <laughs> uh, what changed, man? What made you finally succumb to save his wishes, dude? I don't. I don't. Honestly, that bunt jam got me super juiced. Like that was really sick. Oh, yeah. you guys did. And um, I just figured it was like he was like, "Yo, we're doing the next season. Like, you think we get you on the next season?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm like, I'm not. I'm." I put this off long enough. <laughs> I, I, I ran out of like excuses. Or something. That's what's up. I love the honesty, man. <laughs> Next year you're gonna be at the Bunt Jam too, dog. Um, yeah, that should sound. That should look lit. Like the incorporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little ball and everything. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Do you do you play ball? I mean, I used to. Like, I do occasionally, not consistently. Okay, but, okay. Um, like, I used to be super into it, and I love watching it. So. I'll get out there sometimes. Okay, okay. So oh, you guys had an actual basketball tournament. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just trying to think of what brand that you ride for would be good for a ball team cuz we got to start yeah. filling up these uh roster spots early. Yeah, we got to get on it early. Yeah. <laughs> I think New Balance has enough people where we could probably figure something out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We got Jake Hayes tall tall ass. We guys got to teach him how to play basketball probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. You're going to be there for sure, man. But we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment, dog. Wow. I mean, for some reason, Costin's back nose one on Hubba is like, Oof. For some, will stand out as like this most like perfect skate trick like ever done. Mm-hmm. Like on the spot, at the time, the skater. The photo. Yeah, yeah. the photo, everything. The kit too, wicked kit. <laughs> four, yeah, four star shirt and yeah. some great cargos. I think that's a constant one. Favorite sports moment, um, man. I mean, this new Warriors win is probably like the biggest one. Yeah, it means the most that's cool. for uh, for my like sports fan career. Like, I mean, I'm a huge 49er fan, and I've lived here for twenty some years, and like they've gotten super close, but I just never Fuck. fucking been able to do it and that shit hurts a lot but like this warriors one meant so much uh because of like no one ever thought they were gonna do it again and like mm-hmm. curry did it by himself without kd and it was just like that feeling was like man finally like i don't care if they don't win ever again like that one was like yo. we can ride that one out forever you know yo so yeah i'm a huge warriors fan too and did you have the same feeling as me where it seemed too good to be true for Steph to win this one where like I just refused to believe it and then when he broke down and cried like I was so fucking hyped like it was like yeah. probably one of the most unbelievable fan moments I've had in my whole life. Yeah. Too. 
It's crazy. That's what I mean. Like it, you could just see the fucking passion and like the, he just broke down too. And like the emotion that he's been going through and like, he deserves it all. Like people always doubt him. And like, I don't know. He never, I feel like he never got the, like the shine. He really respects. He deserved. Yeah. Cause we watch his games like every day, but a lot of people don't see what he does day to day. And for him to do that, like now he's like, people are saying he's top 10 now. And like, this is what they, he needed to like get over the hump of like yeah. best all time. It's crazy for the entire basketball world to say what, like you need this to get yeah. there and to actually do it. Like it was insane. And seeing the relief when he broke down, we were in Copenhagen. And the way he did it, like he yeah. literally, that game four when like that shit was unbelievable. He fucking just to put the whole team on his back and like in Boston talking shit. Like it yeah. was just, that shit was insane. Cause that, those first game, man, like when they lost that first game, I was tripping. Like they were winning mm-hmm. by 20 and they played like they, they played great. Like they're doing everything, but then Boston kept hanging in there, kept hanging in there. And then they just went on a fucking crazy run. And I was worried, like for sure worried. <laughs> I was worried, but it was also like all like Al Horford dropping 26, Marcus Smart, and uh, yeah, what's he hit nine threes off the bench. Yeah, like it was unsustainable shit. But for sure, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm right there with you, man. That was one of the sickest moments I've had as a, a sports fan. Um, switching back to skating, though, take us back to the beginning. Where'd you come up, and how'd you get into skating? Um, well, I came up here in SF. I I started skating when I moved to uh, I moved to Indonesia when I was 12 years old. Uh, my mom worked for the State Department, so she got a job over there uh, when I was 12, and we lived there for six years. And um, that's where I started skating, and then, like, it was just crazy. I don't know. It was it was a unique scene for sure. I mean, it's like a third-world country, so we had barely any spots. We didn't have a skate park. I learned how to skate at, like, this, uh, like, soccer, st- out front of a soccer stadium. There was, like, the only yeah. smooth pavement. Yeah. And they just had like homemade fun boxes and uh, like a flat bar and like a jump ramp. And that's pretty much like where I skated from like 12 to 15. Wow, dude, what? I've seen like a lot of footage of you from there. I didn't realize you were so young. And you, you ended up finding a bunch of spots, man. Like, yeah, so it, yeah, it was actually really fun because it was like a couple of my other friends, like my best friends from high school, they skated. And I went to an international high school, which is like kids from. Australia, America, England, Korea, like all over. But we we came like, it was like three of us and we would just like go spot hunt and fucking make videos and film each other and like watch all the videos. And like, we were just like obsessed like with skating, like every kid is, like every group of kids are, you know, like that was Mm -hmm. like our crew. And then we linked up with the local crew too. And then they would like show us spots and then we'd show them spots that we found. And then like, we all just became like one big ass crew. Oh, that's sick. So sick. You're switch flipping over hubbas at 14, 15, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that's switch flip. Yeah. So we make video. We like we got linked up with this um this distributor out there. They distributed Girl and Chocolate and Four Star and Reef shoes. Classic. <laughs> and and we were like huge Girl Chocolate fans. We we're like, this is so sick. Like we were, like pitched them the idea. Like let's make a video um, of 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 us. And th- they sponsored a local homie. Uh, Indo- Indonesian skater so we're like we'll film him and and we'll make a video and you give us a, the product and we'll make the video for you and so we were sponsored for like six months like by Girl Chocolate Flow <laughs> and like Reef Shoes and um, and we just went around <laughs> and we made this video and then we we like rented out this club and had a premiere and it was fucking awesome it was super fun 
That's proper. Yeah. But I remember, like, yeah, like, borrowing, like, I'd have to, like, borrow someone's video camera. Like, we went through so many video cameras and, like, you know, HD, when HD came out, or not HD, DV tape, like, the mini Yeah, the DV mini tapes. DVs, yeah. Yeah. So we, like, at one time, like, I got my shit, my friend's camera stolen one time. Like, I was, fuck, I put it down, took a piss, and while I was pissing, the dude came and grabbed the camera on a motorbike and took off. Fuck. And this is right, this is right after I just landed, like, a trick. Fucking, it was, like, I'll always remember this for the rest of my life because it was crazy. It was, like, this eight stair we just found, and I've, like, no one had ever skated it, and we, like, I was waiting all day in school to skate it. We get there, I try, I had nollie back heel in my head for, like, all day. <laughs> yeah. I go and, like, nollie back one idiot, like, took me, like, maybe five tries to nollie back one idiot. And then I'll never forget it. I fucking nollie back heel it first try. Damn. Like, what? Like, perfect. Like, I was so hyped. I was like, oh, my God, that was insane. Like, and my friend's like, all right, I'm going to try something like you film. I was like, all right, bet. Like, put the camera on the stairs and, like, went to take a piss, like, 10 feet next to it. Oh my and while God. I was peeing, the dude just was watching us the whole time and, like, Fuck grabbed yeah. the camera, jumped on the motorbike and took off. For fuck's sake. And we had, like... Yeah, we had a bunch of footage on that. It sucks. We had a, a bunch of footage on the tape, so that shit all got lost. Yeah, that's one of those ones where you're like, can we at least just have the tape? If you're going to steal yeah. the camera, let us just keep the Yeah, clips, I would have paid him just yeah. to get the tape back for <laughs> sure. Like, here, take the camera. Oh, I hate but that. That was my stories. friend's camera. And then, that's yeah. brutal. So, <laughs> yeah. where'd you go from Indonesia? So then I went to, my parents moved to D- back to D.C., and then I ended up moving to SF, like, in August, like, so I graduated high school in June, moved back to D.C. for the summer, and then I moved to SF in August. Damn. And then has been here ever since. Wow. Crazy, yeah, man. Crazy little I've lived here longer than anywhere else. Like, I haven't li- This is the lo- longest I've lived in one place in my whole life, like in SF, which is weird. So what would you consider was your first big break in the skate industry? Meeting Tony Vitello. <laughs> yeah. Um. It was a hell. It's crazy how this worked out. Me and him both went to this college here at USF, and it was like the first month, like August or September, first month. I'm looking at this handrail that's like right in front of our dorms. It's like a 13 stair. Like hella people actually ended up skating it. But um, he, I just hear this like, "What's up? You skate?" <laughs> like and I turn around and it's him, and he's like, "Like I see you checking out this rail." I'm like, "Yeah, fucking crazy rail, right?" Like we start talking, and then we're like. I don't know how it got brought up, but I was like, um, I was like, oh, I just gave my footage. He's like, oh, I work at Lucky. Like, I look at Lucky Skateboards hmm. or Adventure. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I just gave my, I literally just went into FTC with my footage VHS tape and was like, yo, who do I give this to? <laughs> and they're like, oh, shit. like, uh, the dude who was working there at the time, this dude Tyler was like, uh, we don't really do that, like, do it like that. But, um, like, that guy is the Lucky bearings and skateboards team manager like who just happened to be at the shop at the same time and was like you can give it to him so i gave it to him this is marcel turner at the time and then um so i tell tony like yeah i just gave my footage tape to marcel i think it's the same office he's like yeah that's i know that like fuck it let's go to the office he brings me in he's like what's up this is my friend jack like give him some shit And then, uh, so they started flowing me gear and then like they, they finally watched the footage tape and they're like, oh, he's actually like, I guess he's good enough to fucking flow him and see what happens. And then like, that's pretty much where I got started getting like free stuff from. And then, um, started skating the pier, met Victor. He pretty much like helped bring me in, like let, like introduce me to Marcus and like, he'd take me to his crib and like take me out skating and filming. And that's how I got to like 
get to know Marcus and Henry and like the dudes at the pier. Um, and like, yeah, that's pretty much where I got, I got started. The pier was also like the place to go to like get noticed or like if you skate, you know, people, I mean, at the time it was like the fucking, the Mecca of pier. It was like Rob Welsh was there every day. Mike York was there every day. Fucking the aesthetics team, Ige, like Brad Johnson, Henry was filming lines all the time. Marcus Lavar, so it was it was a cool time to be there because I was, that's where I grew up on too. I was like, I want to live in San Francisco. I want to skate the pier. I want to see all these guys like that I grew up watching. And it, it, for a couple of years, it was like that. It was pretty wow. cool. That's so fucking sick, man. I'm assuming you were part of DGK pretty much from the start. Uh, is that how the connection first popped off? Meeting Marcus and Henry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember how that shit went it, it went down. It went down crazy because Henry was like unlucky and um he let he like Stevie started DGK and then he was like Henry knew he was gonna leave for DGK, but he was on like a lucky trip. Oh, they like in the east coast on a tour. And I think Henry just like snapped one night and was like, Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, I'm out. Like, like fuck this shit. Like, I'm a DGK, I'm going DGK, like, fuck all y'all. I wasn't there, but that's what I've heard in the stories. Um, and then like, and Henry was like, Victor was like, You dude, you should get on. Like, the dude, Eli, who does Gold Wheels, who was a partner of DGK, was like, Yeah, he's fucking with you. Like, he wants you to, like, he, he asked if you wanted to get on or, get boards or whatever go go and i was like well, fuck like that's amazing and i was also kind of talking to brendan conroy who did habitat mm. or he was talking about giving me alien boards and i remember this this day i was at victor's house and eli was on the phone like yo like you want to ride for us like we're gonna do this and i was like uh like let me let me just think about it and i like he's like all right <laughs> fucking hang up and i'm like sitting there in victor's room like dude what do i do like i have this huge alien fan like since day yeah. one like photosynthesis was like one of my favorite videos of all time and like i was like man alien though like i'd be so sick he's like dude you have a deal like right here like fucking take this like don't it's like call him back right now and fucking just do it and i was like all right fuck it, yeah you're right and i like, called him like yeah let's do it but then like greg carroll had found out that henry he was already pissed that henry was leaving they stole henry and then that they found out that I was going to go too. And he was like, did everything he could to fucking throw a monkey wrench in that shit. Like called the manufacturer that, that DGK was going to make boards from. and was like, if you do boards with these guys, like you're going to lose our business. And like Ooh. basically did, it was like, he, he did everything. Cause back then it was more like the industry was more in a chokehold, you know, like yeah. it was run by the very few people. And like, so he did, it was a lot of power, like power moves. Um, so he basically tried to shut that down and they had to like, they got shook. They're like, dude, we can't give you DGK boards yet. Like we just made gold, gold wheel boards. Like we'll send you those for like a few months <laughs> to skate Smart. those, um, until this shit like blows over. <laughs> and, um, and then it sucked though, because Tony was like, he didn't talk to me after that, after I left lucky. Cause it was super like mafia style. We're like, you're in or <laughs> out, you know, like, yeah. So that shit sucked. That was hard to do that, but it was like I had to do what was best for me, like in my career, I guess, at the time. And then it all worked out because Lucky ended up going out of business like two years later. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's a tough decision, though, man. Alien versus a brand new DGK, not knowing what it's going to be. Fuck. 
Yeah, I mean, who knows if I even would have got on Alien, but the, yeah. like, I remember Brandon being like, yeah, we'll, we can, like, I can get you some boards, like, if you're down. Damn. And I was like, could have been, could have been a different path, but yeah, yeah. Josh ended up leaving anyway, which is funny. <laughs> True. He came on board way later. But yeah, that is yeah. like, Donald, what would you do in that situation? Go flow on like your dream brand and hope to get on or take the deal for like a new company but knowing stevie's part of it at the peak of his powers too yeah i mean that's pretty much like stevie was also one of my favorite skaters so it was like why am i turning down this opportunity to be like on his skate team but at the time like i'm not gonna lie like dirty ghetto kids was pretty intimidating name (laughs) like (laughs) like the team's henry marcus and fucking stevie yeah and i was like damn like this shit's pretty hardcore but fuck it (laughs) it was a hell of a statement when it first came out that's for sure man yeah the whole industry was like not really welcoming it i I felt like at the beginning Mm -hmm. stevie left chocolate so everyone was like what the fuck are you doing like yeah uh well shit they're still popping to this day man so yeah it all worked out uh did jeremy holmes get on right around that time too or was that after you yeah so he was like it was basically the same time as me but he got put on because he didn't have any like issues so he Mm. was like their first am Mm. and then lenny got hooked up in a trade show um but then it became it later became like me or jeremy it was like it became this weird like feud what where jeremy kind of jeremy kind of like i don't he felt like disrespected or something i don't know that he that i was getting on too and i felt like he uh, he said some things, and then I don't know if you know the story about the nolly back heel in Maritime. No. So we, I th- I told Pete Thompson I'd want to skate that. He hits me. He's like, "Yo, we're gonna go skate Maritime with Jeremy Holmes. Like, you is should that roll." The, is that the ten? The like? Yeah, that black, black marble ten. Oh, that looks oh. like the best set in the world. So good. Um, so he had just switched trade it and like Jordans. Like I'll never forget that. It just oh, came yeah. out, and I was like, "Damn, he's gonna go skate it again." Like. So I get there and they're like, what trick do you want to try? I was like, nollie back heel. And he's like, that's what I wanted to try. <laughs> We're like, oh shit, what do we do? And then someone's like, fuck it, just both of y'all try it. See what happens. Oh. <laughs> We're like, all right, fuck it. Like, it's a terrible We're idea. We're so young. Yeah. And Victor and Pete set up for Jeremy's side because he's goofy. So they set up like, not the side they set up for me, they set up for him. And we're both just like going at it, like flicking it, getting both kind of catching it. And like, I think, I don't know how long, like 10, 10, 20 try, 20 try. I don't know. But like, I just fucking caught it and landed it. And um, yeah, so I was like, oh, I did it. Like I did it first. It was such a bizarre scene now that I think about it. Like nowadays, I feel like that would never happen. But maybe ever since then, he was like, fuck this dude. Like, and later they ended up like not putting him on or something like I, someone told me that he went and did that's why he nollie back knows one at the keyhole at makba because he's like oh fuck that like like jack's doing this so i gotta go do this <laughs> this is what someone told me i have no idea if it's true but um i was a fan jeremy holmes was an amazing skater and yeah. so he was yeah real good style good tricks he, i thought he fit real good but yeah, yeah it's a funny story I was always a big fan of his, and I was always so bummed he wasn't on the team because I feel like we just would have seen so much more of him over the years if he had actually yeah. been on the team. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he kind of just fell off after that. It didn't really. You put the nail in the coffin, man, with the tent. 
<laughs> I hope it wasn't me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. Uh, so, unfortunately, it didn't last long, but how dope was the RBK era with DGK, man? Yeah, that was a unique time. It was definitely a cool cool time to be a part of. But at the same time, it was bittersweet because, like, I was, I was like, on, I was on DC when DC was, like, full fucking... Mm-hmm. Just just proper. put out the DC video, proper team, winning, fucking Ave, Stevie. They just did the tour. Like I just went on tour with them. And we did all this fucking like around the around the US tour in those big RVs with big black. Yeah. Damn. The shoes were at the best back then too. Like those are the best shoes they were making back then. Yeah, like the avatars and like yeah. the fucking Yeah. Um, Manteca so, but, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yep, Manteca skated those a bunch. Um but, and then like so yeah, it was cool. Like, they were like, I remember DJK was like, uh, yeah, fucking, we're going to do this Reebok thing and we're going to turn you pro and you can get on and, like, as a pro. And I was like, all right. Um, but DC wanted to re sign me as an AM for another year. And I was like, whoa, shit, like, do I stay AM or do I? Every, but they're like, everyone's leaving their sponsors to do this Reebok thing. So, like, you kind of have to do it. Like, you can't yeah. be the one guy who doesn't do it. You know, like, Lenny's quitting Circa. Wade was on getting going to get on Nike, I feel like. And Stevie quit DC. And so I was bummed at first when I heard Stevie quit DC for, for it. But I was like, fuck, it's like Reebok. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's all around him. Yeah. But yeah, that was sick. We got to go to Reebok headquarters and, like, we went to Asia and we all flew first class. <laughs> that was really epic. Went to like Serbia one time. Like we went to Europe, like Germany, Serbia, but it was like kind of a disconnect. Like it was so corporate and so new that like they didn't really know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know? And we didn't have we had to skate like just Reebok shoes for like like not skate shoes, just whatever they had in the catalog for like the first year and a half, two years until they like made skate shoes. Yeah, you know, DGK like DGK, one. yeah, the DGK ones. Which I kind of wish they just made like Reebok, like how Adidas, like just made Reebok shoes, like like how Adidas is or like how fucking Palace did. They just like remixed the workout, you know? Yeah. Like keep it Reebok shoes, but just make them like a little bit more skate friendly, like New, Mer- like New Balance Numeric has done. You know, like they take a fucking original silhouette of a shoe and then like make it into a skate shoe mm-hmm. instead of making like a whole new brand of DGK by RBK. Yeah. Right. It just took too but, long, probably. Yeah, and I thought the designs weren't as good. Like, you know, like the Reebok shoes they already had were dope. But if you just like put a different sole in or something, or like had a different like more padding. Damn, it was know. like yeah, pretty, it was, it was pretty it was cool. close to the workout shoe though, wasn't it? The it blue. was super close. Yeah, the one yeah. they made was real, and that was a good skate shoe. Yeah, it the was blue good. one. Blue sole. They had a blue sole and a red sole. Yeah. Uh, I wish I had a pair of those yeah. though. I know, right? Yeah, what happened to the documentary you guys had? The Spain one? Yeah. It's like... Did you guys ever see that? I, I saw it. I saw it was parts tw- of it, yeah. 20 Days in Spain? Yeah, it resurfaced <laughs> for a minute. I saw it like a year, a couple years ago, I think. Yeah, I don't know why that never came out. That shit was pretty funny. It's definitely <laughs> like, It was a funny-ass video. It was so loose. Yeah, it was very loose. Very, like, raw. <laughs> like, fucking club footage and, like... Well, I think me and Lenny even like got into a little fight. <laughs> I like slapped his chest and left a fat handprint on his chest. Oh, no. um, DGK Lenster. Yeah, it was, it was funny. DGK Lenster. Shout out Lenny, man. Say hello to my little friend. 
Huh? You want more? Okay. She like that? Huh? You want more? Tony Montana, Scarface. <laughs> that quote from the 1983 classic Scarface was brought to you by CHPO Brand. Always doing it for the people. So once the RBK program ended, a lot of the team was in shoe sponsor limbo for a while. Uh, you ended up moving on to Fallen Footwear, which seemed pretty random at the time. What's the story behind that move? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's all Jamie Thomas. He'd always, he'd like, I guess he'd always been a fan and he'd always be in Clairvall. Like he'd always tell Clairvall, like, dude, like you think Jack would be down for Fallen? Like kept, kept kind of like hinting, trying to like hint it or just put the message out there. Like he would like, he would want to see that happen. And I'd always be like, nah, that's so weird. Like, nah, nah. And then, um, <laughs> and then, the lot, like, maybe a year went by, a year and a half. Um, and then I talked to him and I was like, yo, fuck it. Like, people are like, fuck it, man, just do it. Like, and Claire, I was like, man, I think you'd be surprised. Like, if you meet the guys and you go skate with them, like, you'll be motivated. And they're like, they're super, like, they, like, Cause he went to China with all those dudes and fallen. So he's like, I don't know. Like, I think you might be hyped. Like, and I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll give it a try. Like, I think I, he sent me some shoes. I was like, let me check some shoes out. And then, uh, Circa was also like Troy from KO had been talking to the owner of Circa. And, um, the dude was like, he wanted to get a DGK rider on Circa. And then, mm -hmm. so they're like, why don't you do work out with Jack? So I was fully talking with Circa, met down, flew down there and met the owner. We went golfing. Like he showed me the design. Like I'd get a pro shoe. I fucking, yeah. they're like, yeah, we'll sign you. Like we'll give you a four year contract pro shoe. Um, and this is when like Circa was pretty good. You know, like it wasn't my favorite brand, obviously, but like they paid well. And like, I was like, fuck it, a pro shoe. Like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So mm -hmm. signed the contract. I was like, "Fuck, sorry, Jamie. Like, I'm gonna do circa." He's like, "He's like, what? Like, why? We, like, man, like, I don't know, dude. That just be careful with that shit, cause that dude's shady." And I was like, "Yeah, you would say that, whatever." Da 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 da. <laughs> fucking three months later, I go to Europe, fucking skating circas. I get like a random French magazine cover, Sugar magazine, um, with circas on get back to the u.s like yo like did you see the check out the cover like da, da, da. can i get some more shoes like i'm back in the states now and they're just like uh actually like we voided your contract what? so <laughs> and i was like what do you mean and they're like yeah we heard stevie was gonna do dgk footwear through uh k2 or like audio footwear or something like he was gonna do dgk footwear and so he's like so that's a conflict of interest so we like we voided your contract like it doesn't make sense if you have dgk footwear what? to sponsor you or some shit like that. And I was like, what? Like, I had no idea. I, hadn't, I didn't even know Stevie was, like, really doing DGK footwear. That shit never even worked out. But they voided my contract. And um, so I was like, well, shit. Like, now what? Call Jamie back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you even get any checks? Or was this before they even No, nah, and then this fool fucking played me. I was like, well, dude, like, I got a cover in your shoes. Like, can I get photo incentive at least? Like, you kind of fucked me. He's like, yeah, you're my bad, man. Like, I'll, I'll send you, like, a thousand bucks for the cover. Sends me $500. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> like, God damn. Like, call, and then I call Jamie. I'm like, dude, like, the dude fucked me. He's like, I told you. <laughs> like, I fucking could have told you that. I was like, you're right. Fuck. Like, 
do you think there's any like room left to fall in for me? <laughs> he was like, oh, I'll see what I can do, you know? Oh, shit. Fuck. Put the power uh, in Jamie's hands. Yeah, I mean, he had the balls back in his court after that. But right. he luckily, like, he's he's a good dude, man. He looked out for me, and uh, the whole team, like, welcomed me, which I'm sure they were probably like, this is weird, too. But um, it was cool. It was a fun time. Like, I got on a good time because they were making this video of Road Less Traveled. Yeah. And we oh, they were, Yeah, they, they were doing all these cool trips. So we went to, like, Turkey and Thailand and fucking South Africa. So, like, and they, they, don't, they didn't really, like, do... I don't know. They were just like, dude, you got on to such a good time. Like, they just put out Ride the Sky, I think. So mm-hmm. they were like relieved that like it wasn't as hectic. It, like people were like, dude, Jamie's so much more chill now. Like we put out the video. <laughs> he's not like you know. He's like older, more chill. Like you got. He's like you got on a good time. Like it's better now. I was like, all right, cool. Like because I was super intimidated at first. But going to Black Box was crazy, man. Like back then, the place it was like a fucking Costco warehouse, and they had the huge <laughs> skate park. Yeah. Remember they used to have contests there? Like, they had this insane training facility. Fucking, like, just everything you needed. And it was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. So then I got a pro shoe out of it. That was really cool. Um, fucking get a lot of good feedback on that shoe still to this day. It was a cool little slip-on. Did you get to hit the road with James Hardy? Yeah. Yep. Sick. Were you there when he was yep. dying on that Smith grind? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> The big homie. Yep, fucking yeah, dude. I've that's that's like probably one of the gnarliest battles I've ever seen in, in real life, like in person. The dude was hands, all the skin of his hands were completely shredded by the end of it, uh, and then he didn't uh, even get it. Like he didn't roll away. <laughs> he yeah. didn't fucking get it. And it was like he grinded the rail every time, like a sixteen stair. So every roll up, I'm just like, oh my god, this is like I get I I, I get nervous when people are like skating big ass rails because yeah. I don't like watching it. It's like you have no control. You know, you're just like. Ugh. Yeah. But every time he grind on the whole rail and then just fucking stick or like land and then fall and like just shred his whole chest and, and hands oh. and then it started raining and yeah it was it was crazy. God damn. Some of the kale breakups got a little messy during the era where people weren't getting paid, et cetera, et cetera. As one of the OG DGK riders, how hard of a decision was it for you to leave? It was. I mean, at the time, it was kind of an easy decision. But I didn't, it wasn't instigated by me. I didn't start, I didn't like say I quit. I didn't, I wasn't the one who initiated the leaving process. They called me and told me that I was getting let go. Oh, shit. And so I was just like, wait, really? Like, what? And I was not very happy on the way things were going at the time. So I was like, all right, like, if you don't want me anymore, like, even though I feel like I haven't stopped doing my job for you guys, like, then that's fine like i can find another sponsor but i'm now i wish like it didn't play out that fast like i wish i talked to stevie first like i was really just talking with troy about this stuff and so i don't know it just felt very fast like it's like if you break up with your chick like real fast without really thinking about it you know what i mean like you get this post emotional like hangover yeah um especially when you spend like 10 years with them you know like they turned me pro i thought i was gonna ride for dgk for like my whole life like i thought Mm -hmm. like the way they take care of marcus and like the way they take care of cb and and even the guys on expedition like they took care of those dudes even when they weren't even really skating so i was like i'm out here skating so i'm good you know like i thought i'd be good but um 
Yeah, I don't know. They were they were super upset that I was skating with Brad, and they thought that Brad was like they thought I wanted to get on Skate Mental, and that Brad was like like we were conspiring to like for me mm. to quit and get on. But it, mm. Brad was asking me to get on, but I was like, no, nah, like <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm good. Like this is what they pay me as well, so I don't think you. And he's like, I can't pay you that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, you know. So I, I was ha- I was I was content. I was a little like I wasn't happy with the way things were going because at the time it just felt like i was super disconnected um like they weren't really doing much they fucking had that ko store they were spending a bunch of money on that they were paying rick ross like 10 grand a month to be on salary oh or some my shit. god that shit is fucked and like the shirts were just like crazy, like huge logos on the like just i don't know like their feedback was like oh you don't rock the gear and like you don't rep- represent and i'm like well i don't how about making something like that a older man like a 26 year old can wear that doesn't feel like <laughs> a, a kid at the mall you know i don't know yeah. like yeah but it was just a weird time i think for ko um a lot of dudes weren't happy in the direction i think they just tried to grow too fast mm-hmm. without taking care of the right thing i was like you know i was like man we got to focus more on skating like the lifestyle thing is taking over the brand it's not like like we haven't gone on a skate trip we haven't gone on a filming trip like shit like that that's what i was not happy with at the time but because i was skating with brad and, and they they brad did like a an ad in, a, in thrasher it was like he we used to do this thing called skate tuesdays where we all just link up on tuesdays and skate for fun like go to the skate park and fucking and he made like an ad with all of us in it and mm-hmm. it, it said skate tuesday or something i forget what it even was for but like they were like what the fuck is this like you're in a skate metal ad and i was like no it's not a skate metal ad it's just like a funny skate tuesday i don't know what the fuck it is like i think he made a graphic out of the oh yeah that's what he made a graphic out of the ad it was like all of us drowning in water in a pool or something right. so my face is like halfway in there like that and like <laughs> they got super bummed on that and then like i don't know i just got a call and like yeah we're gonna let you we're gonna let you and lenny go and i was damn, like damn damn like Lenny though like Lenny like Lenny gave everything for DGK like he literally had nothing and he dropped out of school like just I don't know man it sucks I was like he had it tatted on his forearm like dirty ghetto kids like this kid is DGK like he was there from the beginning but yeah man I don't know it was weird and then TX was left shortly and then Miles left Organica and Walker left Organica and it was it, it unraveled pretty fast which was weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was going to happen like that. Yeah, because it seemed like it seemed like it was the best, or like money wise from the outside looking in. It seemed like you guys had all the money for like a window of time, but it seemed yeah. like it was getting spent in crazy ways, like that Rick. Ross exactly. Thing. Yeah. I'm sure like, they, they were making so much money that like yeah, they're like oh this is never going to end. Like I love haters was like the number one shirt at Zoomies, you know. Yeah. yeah. And we were voted like team of the year, I think, in Transworld, like yeah, for 2012. Really, yeah. Yeah, team of the year. Like we're on top of the world, and then fucking. That's I guess that's what usually happens to like bands or whatever. You know, like at the peak, and then it just goes downhill from there. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, that's crazy. There was Rick Ross getting ten k a month. Meanwhile, you guys haven't done a proper skate trip with the team, like in so long. Shit got a little funky. But no, nah, yeah, now it's cool. Like I'm, it's I'm. I have nothing but respect for that brand. Still, like the way they're still able to like hold their brand identity and like communicate like connect with the community like they do a lot of outreach shit for the community and like i think a lot of kids have like stevie's documentary on espn that was super cool to watch yeah, that, that and like i think they did a really good job explaining his story and like 
it show. I mean, it just gives a lot of kids like motivation and. For and sure. his story is like amazing. So um, I still got love for Stevie. Like, there's no bad blood or anything like that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm hyped. The the brand's still popping, and they kind of reinvented themselves. So big yeah. ups to them. And then the Philly kids too. Like, they yeah. brought a whole new like level to it. You know, like Shanahan and and the Kevin Boston and kids. Those kids. Those dudes are all super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Will, Will and Brian doing it big from Boston. Yeah, man. Brian, man, that new tim savage video is super sick so sick mm-hmm. yeah they snapped um so then so then yeah i guess it was just a natural progression from there the skate mental thing happened after brad <laughs> put the inception out there yeah he kind of like p- put me in this position so <laughs> um <laughs> yeah yeah so it worked out i got on um it was cool too because it was a good time where like i think that was just when 3d was launching right so like they just started the like a new distribution it was like skate metal, 3D, and then um, was there another? And tired. Oh, so it was sick. cool. It was like, oh, this is a cool little scene, and like Brian Anderson was a part of it, and Austin Gillette, and I was like, and Trevor Colden and Shane O'Neill. Like Shane O'Neill left like right after I got on, but yeah, I don't know. Like, skate metal has definitely like gone through <laughs> a lot of uh, ups and a lot downs, of phases, yeah. phases, yeah, a lot of phases. You guys are in a good phase now, though. Got fucking. It's looking good. Kern and it's Jake over good. there, costing. Yeah, Kern and Jake are taking over the world right now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the summer of those two right now. Man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Love it. That kickflip Jake did at the fucking FA thing was insane, dude. Unbelievable. And then the, the at the bunt fucking jam, they were like the the shot the stars. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred. <laughs> they were going viral. Jake was going viral like every week. <laughs> dude, that's my. My new favorite sports moment of all time is Jake hitting a three-pointer and flexing. Like, <laughs> this is not supposed to happen, but it happened. Like, okay. <laughs> that's tight. Oh. But yeah, I'm high. And then Costin's involved, so that's just like kind of, I still trip out on that. Like, we, like we're friends now, and like we text each other, and I'm just like, that's, I'm finally on a team with Costin. Like, <laughs> that's sick. And his kid, like his kid Finn, like only rides my board. It's because we, because it's the smallest yeah. board. So it's just like it's sick. We're always rocking the same board, and like he's like, dude, my son loves your board. Like loves the shape. So That's sick. What's man. Up? Watching your parts over, prepping for the interview, it's crazy to see all the different spots you got to skate over the years that aren't around anymore. So I just wanted to do a couple comparisons of cities you've skated a bunch before, like then and now. Uh, San Francisco when you first got out there you kind of described that glory little period uh, pier Mm -hmm. but San Francisco in general then versus now how do you find it skate wise I mean yeah it's a totally different time totally different era it's literally like 20 years later but what's really funny is within the last year like all of these classic spots are now skatable again Mm -hmm. like we got pier back they fucking redid EMB like the Supreme dudes hooked up EMB and uncapped it then they fucking uncapped Cardiel Ledge and then they just uncapped Library recently so we've been skating Library again Damn. so it's it's funny man it's like all these glory spots that were in the heyday and like just recently within the last year 20 years later they're skatable again yeah so sick so it's pretty cool but the scene is completely different now you know it's like way more skaters than there were before that's for sure 
and there's like skate parks now and so the scene is like way bigger but um yeah it's, it's a trip to be able to skate these old spots and then like all these skaters now it's their first time skating these spots yeah and so i get to see them like it, it was really cool seeing people come to the pier and like struggle <laughs> and being <laughs> yeah. like what the f- like what the fuck is this like like this shit is so hard to skate or like like dudes that rip with like struggling at the pier you know and, like that's normal the fucking spots hard as shit to skate but i think they finally got like way they looked at it in a new light now like wow all that shit was crazy that that went down like all, all the tricks that went down at the time and um new respect for it and it's funny because they look at me and they're like how was it when you like you were the only one like that was skating back then that's still skating now you know what i mean like I'm, i'll be like the older dude now and like i'm the only one that was skating these spots back then and like people like ask me questions and shit and it's like it's funny to to be in that position like now i'm the old guy when i was like the young dude coming <laughs> yeah. up like you know and like so it's cool though but it it's definitely sentimental it gets me hyped because it's been hard dude like i've been living here for 21 years and like skating the same wow. spots bro like downtown sf i've just been like you know like it's hard to get motivated sometimes oh mm-hmm. yeah we feel you man yeah you know how it is you guys you got the long winters too yeah no we're 20 years here so we know what you mean about downtown in your own city after 20 years but uh yeah dude like what am i gonna get sparked on today like, dude. like what haven't i done or seen or you know exactly but seeing the pier makes me want to come down there man i never got to skate that and it looks so fun. I mean, I know it looks hard as fuck, like tall fucking hella rounded ledges, but even just the mani pad. Donald, we got to yeah. pull up, man. We got to pull up. Yeah, you have yeah, to. Surf, man. It's, it's hard, definitely harder now. Like the the manuals are not as smooth as they used to be in the grounds. Like doesn't, it's a little more like catchy now, you grippy. Because back then mm-hmm. it was like polished, mar- like polished concrete yeah. or something. It was... It, the manual pads are like perfectly smooth and like once you locked in you just like hold it but now it's like you've got all these holes and divots and bondos and yeah and like the bondo falls out you got to refill it but it's fucking it's so worth it like just just hanging out there and having a spot to just go skate and chill at that's mm-hmm. not a skate park yeah. is like what is missing from skateboarding these days you know it's so hard to have just a spot where you can just go link up with somebody you can link up with your friends and skate and chill and and like just be in the streets and be outside and be in the mix of the city you know and like mm-hmm. so you, you don't get kicked like out there beautiful nah you don't get kicked out sick like they, they tried yeah. to knob it but then we just popped they popped him off again and like fuck yeah shout out Sab- sabotage dudes just came like they came out they flew out to skate the pier and then they not like they it got knobbed the day they flew out so the next day they just popped up <laughs> <laughs> fucking legend so sick yeah uh all right all right what about washington dc then versus now dude i was just in dc and the casing there is thriving sick uh it's fucking it's crazy because pulaski is now all good to skate somehow like the cops since the pandemic i guess just fucking don't care anymore um oh what yeah dude like you can smoke weed there weed's legal you can drink like i mean it's just what it was like the most strict plaza to now like you can just post up and chill and i mean not free for all but like they're super respectful of it like all the locals like they make sure no one's doing dumb shit but at the same time they enjoy themselves and they can they can relax and chill and like post up drink drink some beers you know smoke skate not have to worry not have to look over your shoulder 
which is completely different than how I was growing up skating that shit, where, like, you constantly had to look over your shoulder. You could get arrested. You could get a ticket. Like, they will tackle you. <laughs> uh, I spent the night I spent the night in jail for skating because cool. I had weed on cool. me, and they, like, literally took me to jail and spent the night in D.C. So, yeah, going there, man, and, like, D.C. is just so much more, like, lively, and, like, it's a little bit more gentrified, but that kind of made it, like, more open to the cops being like more chill i guess i don't know like weed is legal like i said so that's a huge different in like mentality like you know i'm gonna be paranoid like i used to be so paranoid in dc because there's like 12 different types of police you know like there's constantly a cop car driving around and like yeah. you either like oh no that's federal police oh that's like capital police that's oh that's federal that's like park police you got to run from them like <laughs> that's the one you got to worry about but so yeah i was super hyped on the dc scene and then they got a bunch of um kids coming up like big local scene like a bunch of kids skating pulaski every day they got filmers like gang international and like the homie smalls who just put out a video and it's sick man it's it's really cool to see that i, I miss it i wish i was i wish my parents still lived out there so i could go go back more yeah. and skate <laughs> chill all right all right fucking burls we're coming our buddy lives down there shout out burls <laughs> Yeah, pull up to Pulaski, man. Before it gets fucking fucked with, because it's not gonna last forever. Yeah, yeah. All right, last one: Barcelona, then versus now. Man, that was another like golden era of my life, and like skateboarding was like <laughs> Barcelona in the early two thousands. Yeah. Was something special, dude. Yeah, dude, you skated. I, mean, I would all go the butter spots, man. Like, why was just I mean, watching all the old yeah. shit? Like, you got to skate the crispiest ledge to drops and all that shit before they got blown out or taken out yeah somehow i yeah i skated makba when i was like 18 before oh. anyone really skated makba like i don't know i posted this footage this dude reached out to me on instagram and he's like hey mate he's like he's from england he's like we we met each other when i was like i just graduated high school from indonesia and we went to i got to go to europe with some friends and like travel around and skate and just take the train and like backpack basically and um so i got to go to barcelona like Went to Makba, fucking, like, Edge was, like, perfect. No one was even there. (laughs) And this dude I met up with, like, filmed me the whole time. And then, like, I had never, I was like, I wonder what happened. Like, this was when I was 18. This was, like, over 20 years ago. And I'm like, I wonder whatever happened to that footage that I filmed with that dude. Like, never saw it for 20-something years. And then he just reached out, like, a couple months ago on Instagram. Like, hey, mate, I filmed you this one time in Barcelona. Here's the footage. (laughs) What? And it's, yeah, and it's me at 18. I'm like wearing action, like Geno's, and like Sick. fucking skating Makba, and the ledge looks like insane. Like nobody's there. Wow. Wait, did you yeah. post it? I got to peep that. Yeah, I can send it to you guys. I still have it. Yeah, send that. That's it's pretty so funny. Sick. And then, yeah, and then so, so then, like, like, when I was coming up, like, sponsor, I got sponsored. So I was like, I was on DGK, I was on or DC. And LRG, and so I was gonna go to art school my junior year because I went to this other school, just dropped out of that. Was gonna go to art school, signed up for classes, but in September, like I fucking backed out like two days before the shit started, and went to Barcelona for like <laughs> four months <laughs> and filmed like a bunch of stuff with Vic- it was me, Victor, and Marcus and Pete Thompson. But we all went out there for like three or four months and we filmed a bunch of shit that was like, that ended up being like the KO promo and 
yeah. some other stuff, but uh, FTC video, I think, filmed like my FTC part. But yeah, it was it was like the best time of my life. Cause straight up, like that that time period was like probably one of the best times of my life. Just young, footage was coming super easy. The spots were amazing. Like the whole Barcelona scene was fucking unbelievable. And like met this girl from Sweden, and I was just like. Everything was just dope. And I went back every summer for like five years after that. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I can't remember what clip I was watching, but something from that era. And you're like, you know, we, we try and hit on the girls, but they're Spanish. So we just we hit on the Swedish girls instead. But it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that's from this 411, dude. I was like, I can't believe they actually ran that. <laughs> I kind of think they were going to run that. But yeah, that was uh, my... F- Jack's back, 411. Shout out Claraval. <laughs> You've uh, been doing your thing for New Balance and Skate Metal for a while now. What do you think has been the main key to the longevity of your skate career? I don't know, man. Um, my my height and weight. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's like I don't skate huge shit, so that's always hard for dudes to maintain a long career if you're skating huge, huge spots all the time because then it's like, where are you going to mm-hmm. go? It's hard to like keep going and pushing yourself bigger and bigger as you get older and older. Yeah. So just, you know, being more creative and skating more ledges and like I think helps with that stuff, taking care of your body, not doing fucking cocaine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty safe bet. Yeah. Shit, you make it sound so simple, man. Dude, I think <laughs> I I think the last time I hit you up to come on, pretty sure. I was watching Tampa Pro, and you came up on the screen, and it was like Jack Curtin thirty eight, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, you're you're still putting out footage. Like, it, it just tripped me out. I was like, I didn't realize you were thirty eight and still skating. It's like you're Benjamin Button in the skate game, man. So, <laughs> just just had to see if there was any secret sauce. But it sounds like you're just keeping it basic, man. I I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I definitely got to, lately I've been like focused on strengthening my body because I had some hamstring issues that were really fucking holding me back. Like they took so long to heal. So you just, it comes a point where you just like, even though you fight it in your mind that like you're getting old, you put it off and put it off and be like, no, I'm good. I'm good. But father time's undefeated. Right. So it's like, you have to start doing things to prevent injury and also strengthening and like, Cause that's only gonna help you these days when at 38 it's fucking hard to feel good all the time you know and like um you pick and you pick your days i don't skate every day you know i'll skate chill skate chill that helps a lot like giving your body rest yeah so but yeah that's like i'm noticing that doing core core workouts and things like that and like quad and like you got to strengthen your hamstrings and your quads and all these other parts to keep your knees strong you know like that's all new where you like realizing like everything's connected in your body so it's like you got to strengthen this to to get this you know and that's that's a process you learn as injuries come which sucks you know but i think it's just natural like work athletes now people say right we're fucking skateboarding the olympics even though we don't feel like athletes you have to treat your body like somewhat like an athlete to perform mm-hmm. right you know so it's like sure. i can't just wake up and, and not stretch and just hop out of bed and go skate anymore like used to be able to right <laughs> it, it, it seriously looks like 40 is gonna become the new 30 in skating man <laughs> yeah i mean dude look at 
Paul at P-Rod, like, he's hasn't slowed down at all. And he's, we're the same age. Oh, like, damn near. I think I might be a little older than him a couple months. But, so he's, like, the gold standard, you know? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Even, like, look at Wade just put out arguably his best part ever. Yeah, man. It's, it's really, like, your body, yeah, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's, like, think about how many years you've been skateboarding, right? Like, your mind knows what to do or your body knows what to do. It's really just about like your mind believing in it. And at all these years on a skateboard, it's like you start to, I don't know, sometimes things can develop. Like you can land a trick that you never used to be able to do, but now you can because you're just like, you have that much more control or you're just like that much more confident or you, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that's just, a, it's like, like to be able to do things you haven't done before is what, keeps me going you know like once i can't if i can't even do the tricks i used to be able to do then it's like fuck like (laughs) all right maybe i should think about you know chilling out the next step but if i'm still learning things that's like that's what keeps my mind engaged and like motivated you know and to see wade do shit like he's never done before in a part like think about that man like to to put out how many parts in your career over 20 years and to do a trick in a video part that you've never done in your past video parts yeah Mm -hmm. like that's pretty cool and that's hard to do. So that's the shit that motivates me, I guess, too, to like damn try well, to learn new tricks and you just motivated the shit out of me. But <laughs> goddamn thinking about that that last thing you just said. <laughs> I can't do any of the shit the I used to be able went to off do. In his head. Fuck. No, but that like no, But like you get you guys don't skate, like I mean it's not your job to skate yeah. all day, every yeah, day. That's and, true. Like, <laughs> like just made me feel you know, better. No, but Yeah, don't don't, don't. <laughs> I'm trying if, to come yeah. back right now, man. It's it's comeback season, round ten. Let's go. Not again. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, dude, and like skating is such a good workout because you're like staying fit, but you don't you're not exercising. It's you don't fun, feel like man. you're exercising. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's fucking fun. And like it's fun, yeah. So it's like if you don't skate, that's when you start getting I feel like your body starts getting out of shape and it's like it's but it's it's when you're older it's like dude your body's out of shape no matter what you do so it's like <laughs> you, you you gotta like put in the effort just to skate good off the board you know yeah. what i mean hundo p man as someone who likes to keep their drip on point we heard you pulled off <laughs> a dope feat which i've thought about doing but i've never done it where you're trying a trick and it's super fucking hot and you're in a tank top in china apparently and then you got close to the the line you were trying to get and then you put on the outfit that you wanted to get the clip in which was like some jersey or something like long sleeve jersey in 100 degree heat uh what's the, what's the story there is that a regular thing for you that, that sounds like me yeah um <laughs> i didn't want to get the the jersey super sweaty for the line you know so i wanted to keep it fresh probably so I didn't put it on until I was ready to start filming. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I'm I'm glad I didn't film it in the tank top because I hate tank top footage now. Like I look back <laughs> on all my tank top footage and I'm just like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, Tyrone said it was one of the most impressive things, or one of the dopest <laughs> things he's ever seen that, you do. Where that's the most impressive thing you see me do. That's cool. Low bar. Oh. <laughs> now, Donald, oh, have you ever man. done that? I've always thought about it. You know when you're you like take your shirt off or put shorts on and then you're like all right i'm gonna land it now like let me put some pants on and like a, a dope I mean, shirt or i something. haven't done that it's not like i had like the outfit laying next to the spot like <laughs> like laid out like about to go to school the next day yeah 
No, nah, it was probably just like to keep the jersey clean so it doesn't look all fucking rocked in the footy. That's <laughs> still a G move. Respect it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but sometimes the fashion attempts don't always work out, though. Can you tell us about the Gucci scully <laughs> you tried to get in China? That was, yeah, that was, uh, so we go to China and they have like all these factories, um, bootleg factories, and they just had like this fucking, it was like, a hundred yards of Gucci fabric, like on a roll, <laughs> just like textile, you know, like a fucking yeah, roll yeah. of Gucci fabric. And I was like, oh yeah, in my head, I was like, oh, this is so dope. I could get like a beanie. I could get like pants. Like I, I could get Gucci everything. <laughs> so I, I bought like, I forget, like a yard worth or something. And I gave it to the tailor and I was like, can you make me a beanie? Like I want this Gucci beanie. <laughs> and uh, it came out fucking terrible. It was like, it wasn't like a it wasn't like cotton you know it wasn't like thick it was like thin fucking like material that just looked like a scully cap and it was ridiculous <laughs> like I, I was like yeah exactly it was like a gucci swim cap and i have this photo of it like as a cape like i had it like the gucci cape that shit was pretty funny yeah there's been a lot of uh misplaced fashion fucking fashion ideas in my in my uh, career for sure You've dropped countless parts over the years from the amnesia video video you were talking about what earlier. What the fuck? How do you know about that? that wow. That's the Indonesia <laughs> shit, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> all the way up till present day, still dropping heavy footage. But your 1947 part, arguably your best part, I think my favorite part of yours, straight fire. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about that era of filming for that part and how good you were feeling on the board at the time? I mean, I think that was just like a product of my surroundings where we got to go i mean lrg was super supportive during that time to film that video we went to china like two or three times we went to spain um we got to travel a lot and then the squad that we were filming with was like tom asta tommy sandoval was on now carlos was a part of the team um so i think the level of skating around me helped push me to like keep up with these dudes the like i was kind of the older than by then like when they brought on like the younger like i mean tom Aston and tommy sandoval were like a whole new addition to the squad that was like i'm not saying like we weren't like skating hard before but like those dudes were really fucking good and they were like really pushing the level of skateboarding on lrg so I think that just rubbed off on us and rubbed off on me anyway. And so I'd skate these spots that they would skate too. So I think that helped me. And Miles was on there too, fucking going crazy. <laughs> so th- these these younger kids at the time were like really like pushing the limits. And I think when you're around people that skate better than you, you start to skate better too. And it rubs off on you. And um, yeah, I think that's that's what pushed me maybe. And, and just like the support I had to really go all out. And like Kyle filming, so he lived up here too. So I'd be able to like go out with him and film on the weekends and like just try shit. But yeah, having that support system, I think, really helps you be productive. Yeah, you could see that video was so good. Like, there's so much high level skating in there, but like your skating specifically, you could see it from the outside. Like you, you turned up for that one, man. It was a really, really sick part, and. uh Thank you, thank you. Underrated video. Go watch that again if you haven't seen it in a while. It's fucking buck. Yeah, I bet it'd be a trip to watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, give me my money, Chico. I think it was my favorite. Of your parts? Of all time. Of uh, Yeah, and kind of my favorite video that I'm a part of, that I've been a part of, just because the team and the music at the time 
like that was all Clairvaux too. Um, and I feel like I that part was longer. It was like two songs, I think. So I had more footage. I, I feel like I worked pretty hard for that shit too. Like I did tricks in that video where like like somehow you just did it. You know, you're like, I don't know how I did that, but I did that. <laughs> like I feel like that video had some of those tricks um, for me. Like the switchback nose one I did. It's the last trick. Like that was like I didn't. I couldn't believe I did that because I didn't even know how to switchback nose one. And like <laughs> I just learned it that like th- that trip. That was the outledge in China. Yeah. So that was like more of a personal accomplishment. But um, yeah, I don't know. Those those allergy videos were fun, man. Dude, since yeah, then you've fun. like mastered switchback nose blunts. You be fucking popping them off all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about the time you threw some porn on your iPod to get hyped up to film? (laughs) Speaking of filming. I don't know if it was porn, but it was like, it was definitely some shit. Maybe I forget what I think. Did Kelly tell you that? I think that was like, yeah, we were on the way to this double set. And uh, I started looking at something, some chick or some type of or some hot chick and I was just got all, got all fired up and then I ended up doing like two tricks on the double set so it's just funny how that worked out <laughs> I forgot about that yeah it gets the blood flowing man I don't know I guess you fired up Bro. sometimes you see a hot chick and you're like that's motivation I'm gonna do it right here fuck it was this on an um, iPod though like what this is back in those days no I didn't even know how you could get porn on your iPod I don't. Like yeah, then, you can get videos on touch. It might have been like a fucking magazine, honestly. Like you know, like <laughs> that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Can you take us behind the scenes on your nolly back heel to switch crook the corner pocket thing in New York? Yeah, I got lucky that that worked out because I had a really bad heel bruise that day or that whole for like two weeks. Oh yeah, I never forget that. So we had like a month left to film an LRG video and I, I didn't have a last trick and I was like, fuck, uh, I wanted to go to New York and try that. So I literally like booked a ticket to New York, but then right before I went to New York, I went skating out here and I tried to ollie this stupid thing and like fucking just wrecked my heel fuck. like a couple of days right before I flew to New York. So I was like fucking tripping that I wasn't going to be able to skate. But luckily like that trick, you don't really need to put a lot of pressure on your heel. It's low impact. So um, I went, took the train, like my parents were living in Connecticut that time. So I could just take the train like an hour into the city mm. and, um, and skate. And like, uh, I had gone and done the Nolly 180 switch crook without the flip, like just Nolly back 180 switch crook. And then I heard that Joey, someone was like, Joey Pepper did that. And I was like, oh fuck, that's right. I forgot. And then, so I went home and just thought about it. And I was like, I wonder if I could Nolly heel into that. So I thought about it and I was like, I think I could try it. And went to new york fucking uh, and that, that was after i was off dgk because i remember in the footage i just had a blank board mm, damn. so it was like yeah i was kind of even more motivated to like all right i gotta get this like i gotta make this video part like the best that might have been another reason why 1947 i went harder because it was like <laughs> I, I gotta make sure i represent because like i might i don't have a board sponsor at this time oh, <laughs> like at the, when it came by the time it came out i didn't have a board sponsor so um yeah that probably helped motivate me but yeah, and then I took the train, and luckily, like, it somehow it just worked. Like, first day, I didn't have to go back again. Yeah, that was a blessing. That was a wild one, man. You did that as perfect as you could fucking do it. Yeah. Good, good ender for that part. Yeah, somehow I got out of there. 
usually shit is a battle for me, man. Like, one thing, as I got older, I've noticed, like, things take longer. <laughs> Maybe because I'm trying harder things, but also because my body isn't performing like it used to, or it's just, like, it doesn't, you know, your body, it, it's harder. You know, everything's, like, mm-hmm. to jump higher is harder. It takes more energy. But, yeah, so now I just have to be more patient, which sucks. Because in your mind, you think you should be able to do this. Yeah. But your body's like, nah, player, like, not yet. <laughs> like, you don't got it yet. Like, not today. You got to come back again. And then, like, like the fucking, I don't know if you remember the hubba trick I did in Minnesota. It was in that New, New Balance video, like the Nolly Back 180 switch front nose grind oh, or front yeah, crook. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I forgot about that. Like, that was, I had to go back to Minnesota twice. Fuck. And, yeah, three different sessions, you know, like, but that's the type of shit where, I mean, it it's, feels better when you land it that way, you know? For sure. It's a long trip to Minnesota. But, yeah, you just got to be more patient, man. It's it's crazy seeing kids just land shit fast, you know, like, figure it out, and then within 15 tries, they're rolling away. And yeah. like, dude, like, I have such a mental battle sometimes. Man, you need to get those porn mags out in the van a little more often. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I need to keep the porn flowing. <laughs> <laughs> just rocking it on the Bluetooth in the van. Was that just like a one-off like for a shoe out? Yeah, that was just like a one- Oh, I thought you were talking about the porn thing. No, no, no. <laughs> that was just a one-time. <laughs> no, it's not like I do that every time I'm about to go skate. Next, can you take us behind the scenes on your switch nose grind the green rail in China? What was that session like? <laughs> Um, th- that session was was dope, but it was uh, it was a normal session until I landed it, and then somehow like everyone just started dancing. <laughs> everyone started dancing, and then like ch- like passing. We had a- oh yeah, Tommy was like on his red wine fix at the time. Um, so Tommy would like go if he wasn't skating that day, he would just go buy like a red bo- a bottle of red wine and like just drink red wine all day and chill. And so we had this bottle of red wine and like I, don't, I did the trick and everyone went crazy and then somehow like a dance circle broke out <laughs> and, then like, and then like somehow the wine bottle appeared and I fucking popped it and started chugging the wine bottle and then like that was just like a testament to the crew we had like it was just the vibes were so funny and like so fun and like goofy shit would just happen and everyone would just kind of like roll with it and like it's just you land a trick and everyone's just like celebrating you know it was it was a good good time good good crew funny ass like celebration for sure i think it's in the end of the video like in the credits if you want to watch it hell yeah that rail looks so fucking sick the curving looks gnarly but the rail itself oh my god looks like a yeah, dream spot the rail's perfect yeah. for sure yeah we heard you had a little incident at uh, toronto pearson airport you know I, I was graciously showing you guys around town as i do and uh <laughs> Uh, I can't remember if you offered me the weed or people always try and give me the weed when they when they leave town, but I, I don't smoke, so I'm always like, I'm good. But anyways, you still had a nug. Uh, what's the story with uh, Pearson and you, man? Um, yeah, well, thankfully, it's not too much of a story, um, <laughs> but it just uh, it just shows the the Canadian border. They're on their shit. Um, so, yeah, we left. We were like, I was literally at a spot, a rail, like, minutes before I had to go to the airport. So I was trying this trick and then like, had to leave directly like mid session to go to the airport. Um, I think I tried to smoke like probably before the airport rolled one smoked, get to the airport and then I'm in the security line, like the customs line. 
and I realized I have a fucking like little nug in my pocket still from the weed bag. <laughs> And I'm like five people ahead of me until I see the customs agent. <laughs> and so I'm like pa- panically just throw the weed in my mouth, like the nug in my mouth. I'm like chomping away. I'm, I'm, I'm eating as fast as I can. But when I get to the line, like there's fucking still weed in my teeth. <laughs> and <laughs> my breath must have just smelled like some kush or something because the, the, the customs agent was like, yeah, grab your shit and like go in that room over there. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, I was like, all right, well, I think I'm good. Like I don't have anything like uh I'm just still like just trying to finish everything I have in my mouth. They like ask me all these questions. I'm like, yo, I don't have anything on me. Like they're like, when's the last time you smoked? I was like, uh, I don't know, a day ago, two two uh, two days ago or something. Like, <laughs> why does that even matter? I don't know. But then like, so they open my bag and they start tearing through everything. And they're like, are you sure you don't have any weed in here? I'm like, yeah, I don't have anything. Like finds all these like I had like weed socks, like Huff's weed socks. <laughs> he, like lifts those up. He's like, uh huh. Like are you, you don't have any weed, huh? Like. And I was like, no, I don't. And then they they found this little bag that I had in my pocket that it was the bag the nug was in, but there was just like little little morsels left no. with like some tobacco just floating around. And they're like holding the bag up. And I was like, look, that's everything. Like, that's all I have. Like, I forgot that was in my bag, whatever. And I thought I was going to miss my flight, but like they, they couldn't find anything. And they're just like, all right, fine, get the fuck out of here. Like get out of here damn bro i made it made it out made it out of canada that's as close as it comes man that could have fucked you for real yeah (laughs) they found like some papers or some shit i probably wouldn't have gotten out of there but then i've had worse like one time i got caught in sweden with weed in the airport i was going to see someone in sweden from barcy and like there's this air france strike so we had to emergency land in france i had to spend the night or no in amsterdam my bad had to spend the night in Amsterdam. So uh, I was like, well, fuck. I was, I was there for like six hours. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go get some weed and like go walk around the town, you know? <laughs> so I go buy like a dime or something and um, I'm chilling. Like I get super high, like so strong. I'm by myself just walking around town. And like I go back to the airport because the flight was like at midnight or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to bring this weed to Sweden. Like, fuck it. It's Europe, you know, it's all good. Get to get to Sweden as you exit the plane in the jetway. They just have custom agents with a dog in the jetway, so there's like no escaping it. So as soon as I step off the plane, the dog just jumps on me, and they're like, "Oh, come with, come with us! Like, come with us!" I had it. I had the weed like right in my like key pocket. You know, like the small pocket of your jeans. Yeah. I just had like a fat nug in there, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm fucked!" Like, they're gonna fucking exile me like i'm getting sent back to america for sure like i'm fucked and uh so i try to grab i remember trying to grab the little it was like a dime sack you know and i try to grab the dime and fucking with the baggie and everything i try to swallow it (laughs) (laughs) what and of course there's no way in hell you can swallow like a ziploc bag right like it just sticks to your throat So I was like damn near choking on it while I'm walking with one custom agent in front of me and one agent behind me. And I got my luggage and I'm just like trying to swallow this weed. And I can't, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to swallow this. So I somehow get it out of my mouth and put it back in my, I put it in my underwear while they don't, while they don't see me. Take me to the room, like make me get down into my underwear and then like nothing. And they're like, all right, well that's, that's next. 
And I was like, fuck, dude. Like, y'all are really going to make me take my underwear off. So I'm like, well, fuck it. Here's the weed. <laughs> I'm not taking my underwear off. Here's the weed. <laughs> and uh, I was like, so are you, like, sending me, like, am I fucking, what's that called when you're, like, banned from a country? Like, export, yeah, are you going to uh, export me? Like, or uh, you going to export me back to America? And they're like, you. no. Like, what? No, you just got to pay this fine. Which was like 600 euros at the time, which is fucking a lot of money. Damn. They're like, you just got to pay this fine and then you're free to go. What? I'm like, wait, really? Like, I just pay this money and I can go into Sweden? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, fucking here. <laughs> Take this L and yeah, I paid that. It wasn't on my record. Like, nothing ever happened except for I just had to wow, pay that check. Dude, that's that. like Damn. honestly the best case scenario <laughs> in both situations. Depending yeah. on the yeah, country, like, you could go to jail. Like so much fuck shit. Oh, happen. dude, look yeah. at Brittany Gr- Brittany, Brittany Granger Grimer. right now doing nine years. Yeah, yeah. Granger. Nah, that, that's fucking I think so sad. Well, I hope they prison swap her. They had to give her the sentence just so they could move forward. With right. Her. So hopefully, that's what they're there's saying. There's like an arms dealer in the states that's Russian that they're trying to prison swap. So hopefully that goes down. <laughs> Most insane like, trade. That's like that trade is fair. You know, like an arms dealer versus like <laughs> worst trade bad, ever. Fucking yeah. a little like weed cartridge yeah yeah yeah. dude and plus i'm from indonesia like i you know that shit on the thing on the customs paper it says like drug smuggling is penalized by death oh oh my god yeah jesus christ but yeah i don't do that anymore smuggle i don't smuggle anymore (laughs) (laughs) i gave up my smuggling i'm glad that story had a happy ending man although this one time i do have this funny story uh, on one of these China China trips, it was for filming for um, it was a KO trip. So it was like me and Stevie and then like a bunch of expedition riders like Kelly and Shandy and Welsh and uh, Spencer Hamilton was there. Oh, sick! That was the first time I saw him skate in person. Inside half cap flip trip. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, sick. So we get to China. I don't know if you go like to, to get to China. You got to fly to Hong Kong. Then Hong Kong, you got to get a cab and drive like an hour across the border into mainland China. It's kind of a process, whatever. Do all that, we finally check into our hotel room. I'm rooming with Stevie and it's like, we check in, it's late at night and I'm like, he's like, man, I wish we could get some weed. Like, ah, oh, fuck, I just wanna smoke so bad. And I'm like going through my shit and I check these jeans and I had fucking a nug in that same <laughs> oh, key, like little God, pocket oh my of my pants. God. Come on. Dog. And I like pull this nug out of this jean pocket. I'm like, oh my God, I just smuggled fucking weed into China. <laughs> and it was like Cali weed too. So I pull out this nug. I'm like, Stevie, look. And he's like, bro, I have never seen Stevie so happy in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he literally like gave me this big ass hug and was like, dog, that's so fucking sick. Like, and yeah, it'd be just like, hugged it up rolled up and we were just smoking good for like two days and then that was it <laughs> and it was like then we couldn't get weed anymore wow, but I, yeah damn. i mistakenly smuggled weed into china Bro, yeah, yeah dude like i would never have done that on purpose yeah that's that's <laughs> legitimately insane but uh was that before or after the sweden incident that was way after wow so you you way knew after. better sweden was like i was young i was yeah. like 22 23 <laughs> when that happened Bro, international smuggler, man. It's <laughs> my next graphic. <laughs> uh, so besides uh, weed smuggling, man, what's next for Jack Curtin? 
We're working on a skate metal video, supposedly. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that should be fun or interesting. Supposedly. So we'll see. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. But, um, yeah, we're supposed to put out a video, which I think will be really good for the brand because, like, we have this new amazing team, like, but we haven't really done anything yet with it. And maybe people don't know all the dudes who ride for skate metal now, which is sick. But, yeah, the skate metal video, fucking, I've been painting a lot more. So I've been working with this company, and they do uh, they do like NFT releases. Sick. And they've been working with my friend, who's like a big graffiti artist. He just dropped some NFTs through them, um, but they're dope because they they take like they'll take my painting and they'll make prints and then they'll digitize it. So if you buy the NFT, you get a print with it framed and everything. And um, it's just like a really cool process on how they do it. Um, I don't own any nfts i don't know how this is going to play out but like i think it's good for artists because they can retain their their value every time your artwork is sold right in the future so like you sell an artwork for a thousand dollars then 10 years later that shit's worth 10k and that guy sells it you still get a percent of that sale right. the artist continues to get mm. sales percentage of the sales moving forward so it encourages people to invest in you and I think it encourages artists to paint more so their value goes up and it's just a way so people don't get fucked over like if you if your value does go up as an artist like you don't you don't miss out on that um, if your shit gets resold later down the road or something you know that's so sick man and yeah I don't know and then I think I think crypto and NFTs are just they're really early still they don't really have use yet but I think eventually they're gonna be a big part of uh, our society no doubt man and, and it's the way it's the artist's preferred way because like i said like they don't get fucked you know like they don't get they don't get lost in the transaction sales or yeah they maintain i don't know that and um i don't know man try to try to figure it out try to skate for a few more years but like they definitely got to think about something next it's kind of weird like time goes by so fast when you're when you're doing this like you know the next thing you blink and you're like my age you know turning <laughs> pro at 25 24 and then you blink and then it's like oh shit i'm 38 yeah uh where did it all go <laughs> bro still killing it though man it's inspiring keep it going appreciate that man. i appreciate it yo 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 is rapid fire with the ghost and this week we're brought to you by the one and only Spitfire Wheels. Spitfire is unleashing newly reformulated versions of their ADHD fast as hell soft cruiser wheels. With an 80 duro urethane mechanically bonded to firm inner cores, these wheels will give you a smoother, faster ride wherever you want it. The new ADHDs are available in new classical full and conical full shapes. So go pick up a set of the new ADHDs or any Spitfire wheels at your locals like Labor Skate Shop, Orchard Skate Shop, Venue Skate Shop, Prestige Skate Shop, Radio Skate Shop, or any finer skate shop around you. Spitfire, baby. The only wheel. All right, Jack, little rapid fire, man. You ready? Yeah. Favorite skater? Gino. Favorite video? Trilogy. Favorite video part? I mean, Gino's from Trilogy is one of my favorites for sure. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. cliche, but... Favorite style? Favorite style back then would be like like Gino or Stevie. And then now it's like, I don't know, I really like T 
Tiago, probably one of my favorite skaters now. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Anthony Van England. Damn. Dan- Danny Danny Montoya. JB Gillette. <laughs> Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth. The shot. Favorite trick? Switchback nose blunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hardest trick for you? A fakie hard. <laughs> Most illegal trick? Nolly Smith. <laughs> <laughs> classic favorite clip you've ever gotten maybe switch flip 50 at clipper hell yeah fucking covers baby <laughs> covers baby uh, worst trend you've been a part of do racks <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen some in some of those old clips for sure <laughs> gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed Tommy ollieing uh, his last trick in the 1947 video. He like ollies over this fence into this fucking huge bank oh. into the garage. <laughs> yeah, that was fucked. <laughs> What's the one trick that got away? Switchback nose one at Clipper. Oh no! You tried that too. Damn. I tried it like toward the end of the LRG video. Couldn't like commit to it, and then um. Like, I tried it, but I couldn't, like, slide. Like, I didn't, I didn't, like, put it in and slide. And then they, like, had the clipper contest. And then they tore it up. Or, like, they skate-stopped it. And then uh, by the time they unnobbed it, like, within, like, a year ago, yeah, I wasn't, like, prepared to, like, go try it, you know? And then Carlos was ready, so he went and did it, like, way before yeah. I could get myself to get going doing it. But, yeah, I, I tried it. I, I always wanted to do that. Damn. Yeah, you've done a lot of tricks on that over the years. That would have been a sick one to cap it off to. But Carlos held it down. That's the homie. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's no one better. I'd rather do it than him. Yeah. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? <laughs> oh, wait. Who was the one that like asked for a GoFundMe so he could go skate Love Gap? Do you remember that? <laughs> no. I think that was Jamie Foy. But I also heard uh, it was just a joke, but I thought it was funny. Um, Jamie definitely got the money to do whatever he wants now. (laughs) (laughs) What's the last new trick you learned? All right, this is going to sound weird, but like I could never fakey flip crook, and I learned those recently, which I'm pretty hyped on. Better late than never, Deggy. Yeah. What's your dream job after skating? Either like design shoes or... um, like run a clothing label or be like a fucking uh, day trader (laughs) (laughs) the third one includes a lot of stress and screen time man it does dude i've been i've been doing it i've been trying to learn i mean i've learned options but it's been like the most stressful learning curve in the world but if you can figure it out you know you can like just give yourself a lot of independent freedom and like make money wherever you can work from wherever you know Mm -hmm. but yeah it's very stressful and you gotta know what the fuck you're doing no doubt favorite local brand like ftc does that count because it's local oh yeah favorite local skater robbie boots anti howley guys familiar he's in like uh did you watch that union square edit yeah he did the heel flip back lip like uh, as the last trick on the uh gap to ledge oh shit 
He skates for GX and like uh, Nike Flow, but he's super dope. Sick. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Power Balance. <laughs> Is that the bracelet? <laughs> yeah. Oh Damn. shit. The scam. Uh, but they they're cutting the check though. But uh, yeah, they got like sued. I don't know for <laughs> false advertising or something. But they did throw a party one time in LA. It was like a poker. Um, it was like a big event where people celebrity pokers like everyone came and like played poker and uh, Rudy Gay was there fucking what's the dude Rondo Rajan Rondo was there Rick Howard Damn. was there like they invited a bunch of skaters and athletes and um, so that was fun that was a cool event got to meet Rondo and, and Rudy Gay and shit sick man get that paper meet a couple celebs fuck them yeah yeah <clears throat> onwards and upwards just had to wear the bracelets <laughs> like i don't know if you remember in the lrg video they like did, did like a shameless plug like shameless plug shot where just like zoom in on the fucking like close-up of the bracelet for like a second <laughs> like right before i did a trick it was so bad but it was like they really they gave me like a thousand dollars just to do that or some shit so i was like put that shit in there <laughs> <laughs> oh shit favorite teammate ever rob g was a fun one Sick. Marcus, Marcus McBride. Hell yeah. Worst teammate ever. Ah. <laughs> uh, baby scumbag. <laughs> oh, remember that man. kid? No oh, explanation yeah. needed. Yeah. Uh, worst company. Jart. <laughs> oh, Jack going the deep. fucking name, dude. Jart going overseas. Yeah, serious name. <laughs> serious name. Worst trend. Fucking doing tricks that have already been done on Instagram. Mm. Unless you're like doing it as an ode to that person, but like not like redoing them. And not like acknowledging the person or the trick or the history that's been done already. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that shit gets old. It's like For sure. no kids these days don't do their history. They don't. Yeah. You know, they don't. They don't check their history. I mm. saw a crazy one recently that wasn't even a big history gap. There's like I can't remember a big six or something. I think it's in Europe. It's fucking gigantic, and I think Trevor McClung is that the the McClung brother that's on plan B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Trevor Nolly flipped it and like, it's just fucking massive. And then recently his teammate, Aurelian Gerard Nolly flipped it and it was on Instagram <laughs> and there was no like shout out to him or anything. And I, I saw in the comments, like people were tagging him and he, it was just like awkward. It was, I was like, yo, what the, that's like yeah it's just it's just awkward right like and yeah. it's, it's yeah. it feels disrespectful to the skater whether they mean it or not or they know it or not i feel like it's your job to do your i mean i don't know it's Especially just yeah, it's like lack of respect though? like yeah that's rides, a crazy one now they both ride for etnies i'm pretty sure and plan b yep they do it was uh it was one of his like bangers too in his his etnies right yeah. yeah i mean clive dixon nolly knows one of the clipper and put it on instagram and i was like that's weird that <laughs> <laughs> don't surprise me from him though shit's <laughs> fucked these days man worst style 
Chris Lambert always had terrible style. <laughs> <laughs> but he was gnarly. He was actually a cool dude. I, I hung out with him a few times. He used to live with Shani. And, like, yeah. I'd stay at Shani and Galant's house. And he'd come over. He used to be, like, the neighbor. And he'd, like, come over and just do bong rips, like, to get away from his kids. I was like, oh, this dude's pretty <laughs> funny. Like, <laughs> this dude's pretty cool. But his style, he always had, like, the worst style. Uh, Chris Sen. I was, like, Chris Sen always had, like... I, oh, I guess I was too young because he's a gnarly skater. Like he was a Sodi. Yeah, people and, like, loved him though. He's a lover. But then like I, some clip surfaced recently where he does like a half cab flip on flat. <laughs> Have you seen this clip? <laughs> no. He does some crazy trick. Like he's hauling ass. So like respect to his like his speed and shit. But like he does like the worst half cab flip I've ever seen. And I just remember being <laughs> as a kid like, dude, this guy. Like, what is the deal with this guy? Like he just charges. <laughs> But I just like I think his skating went over my head when I was a kid because it was yeah. just like you know, the, just like the aggression, fast fucking skate and destroy. Like that was like the skippable part in this is skateboarding, right? Was he in was pretty he in much. that America video? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, that was the the one skip. <laughs> just going after the old old dogs. Oh, just yeah, just it was just unrelatable. Yeah, we were we were. Uh, in a different branch you know we were the dgk branch of skating yeah i was watching trilogy like those are my favorite skaters and then like had chris and over here just like charging shit but just looked gross board slide was yeah and then the, i gotta send you the half cap flip on flat dude it was, yeah, yeah. what you put that in a video <laughs> But that's cool that, like, back then it wasn't as... Uh, it's just cool that they just, like... Skateboarding was more natural back then, you know? It wasn't as, like, mm-hmm. manicured and, like, oh, we got to refilm that. You know, it's just, like, it was what it was at the time. And that's yeah. what you got. You got what you got, you know? Dude, the sure. Chris Lambert uh, Transworld montage where he's, like, skating that roof gap and the homeless guy in the bright blue shirt comes over is actually, like, one of the best things on video ever. You know that one? <laughs> I, I vaguely remember this. And the guy's like ghost riding his bike and stuff. And he's at the end, he's like, thank you for being my friend to Chris. And they like <laughs> hug it out. It's so fucking Fuck. good. I gotta watch that again. Uh, last one, last but not least. Last person you want on the sesh. Nick Trapasso. <laughs> Nick Trapasso. <laughs> he, uh, he supposedly hated on me getting on Converse damn oh shit. oh yeah i forgot to say that i was getting converse flow before the fallen and circuit thing and uh yeah i was like getting flow i was getting footage and and then like dave wang was sending me shoes and um yeah i heard like i was like yo what up man like is you think like is there any future in this like should yeah i, I was asking i was like you, you know is there any chance that this could work out and he was like uh no i don't think anything could work out and i was like all right well thanks for the honesty you know and then later like multiple different people told me that um yeah nick trapasso was like not feeling like hating on me to get on lb boys not mixing with the sf boy (laughs) all right jack man that's gonna bring the interview to an end bro can't thank you enough for coming on the show that was a hell of a time bro all right on man well thanks for uh keeping at me keeping on me no doubt man for, for getting on the show it was fun it was fun it's good to see you guys growing your shit too. You've been doing yeah. at it for a while now. Yo, Ghost, what's gonna uh, be uh, your excuse to holler at him now, man? <laughs> the, the jam. Yeah. yeah, there you go. 
Just start working on your jumper now, man. Let's go. No, no, no doubt. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the work site to the streets, nobody keeps you fitted like Dickies. You've got mail. Who we got up first this week, Ghost? All right, first up, we got an email from Anonymous Bunter. Hey, Bunt Boys, checking in from Australia, the land down under. Just wondering if you guys have watched any MMA or martial arts in general. Trying to get the homies into it, and I've got a few over the line. Do Muay Thai myself, which I love, and has low-key been taking over skate time recently. Awesome work on the pod, looking forward to the new season. Number one pod in the game. Shout out to the man behind the scenes, all the bunters. I definitely watch MMA, mostly just UFC, all the pay-per-views, sometimes a fight night or two if it's a good matchup, but never actually gotten into it. A good friend of ours, six-year-old, is uh, big time into jujitsu these days, but it just seems like a big injury concern for me. I don't want to get hurt doing something that will prevent me from skating or playing hockey. Like Those are the two hobbies I love the most, and... I just don't want to risk not being able to do those because I got hurt in MMA. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I'm not into either, or definitely not doing either. I'm not trying to get hit in the head, and I don't really watch it because I don't like people seeing people get hit in the head. Football is about as much as I can handle in that regard. But do your thing, bruh. Thank you for the email. Next up, we've got a voice note from Bradley Ramos. Let's take a listen. Hey boys, this is Bradley from Albuquerque. After listening to every episode at least once, I gotta ask, after blessing us with that barn burner and primitives defined video, can we expect Wade to ever return to giving the people reports from the streets? The people deserve to know their favorite skater's landing juice of choice. After all, how can I ever expect to skate like Tiago if I don't know what juices him up to land those buttery switchback tails? By the way, can you guys settle this debate? Is landing juice what one drinks in order to land a trick, or what one drinks to celebrate having landed a trick? Anyways, Bobby's new Ben Shadourn part was a barn burner of its own. Does the man have any chance at Sodi? Shout out to my friend David for bringing me out of my kookery and enlightening me to Bobby skating several years ago. Also, shout out to Ants One behind the scenes. Thanks for all that you guys do for the people. Bradley, thank you for the voice note. Unfortunately, some bad news for you. Wade has officially retired from being our in-the-streets reporter. He's gone off to do bigger and better things. He's he's worldwide these days. He's over there in Italy right now, living the good life. Um, we miss him, that's for sure. Miss having him on the pod. Maybe we'll start trying out some, uh, some new sideline reporters so we can get back to some in-the-streets reports. But we have nothing concrete as of yet, but couple options and as far as landing juice i think it's people will especially us will have a pint or two while we're skating but it's never used to land a trick mind you we're never doing anything crazy enough to need to be drunk to do it anyways but pure celebratory over here for us hundo p and as far as bobby i doubt he's gonna win sodi but real ones know what's really good and that's all that matters in it 
Shouts to Bobby. All right, next up, we got an email from Big Tony. What's good, y'all? I just want to start off by saying I love the podcast. Great to listen to on the way to work and appreciate y'all for keeping it real. But the only question I got for y'all today is have you ever heard of Gifted Hater? And if you have, when are you going to have the man on the pod? The man has mentioned y'all a ton and I feel like it would make for a pretty interesting episode. Keep up the pod and can't wait to see what's next from you guys. We see the Gifted Hater moving in the streets. We hear him. Guy's nice on a board. See his clips on Instagram. Um, and we respect him for sure. Maybe one day it will happen. Our paths haven't crossed personally yet at all. A um, couple people have emailed in requesting Gifted Hater. And yeah, we're we're not against any episode, man. If it happens, it happens. But there, there are no plans right now to um, have it happen yet. Yet being the keyword, man. We'll see. You never know what the future holds, man. Real shit. Yeah, I seen him shredding through Ryan Lay's Instagram a few times. He rips. And uh Yeah. Like Donald said, yet. We'll see. We'll see what pops down the road. Alright, next up we've got an email from Justin LeCompte, the CEO of Steez, the only wax. The boys are taking a Miami trip in January. Besides the obvious Lot 11 stop, give me your recommendations on the best food spot, street spot, club spot. Did you guys go to the Blue Hubba? How was it? Also, you may address this on the rundown, but given Savas' history with concussions, what is your take on Tua? See you at the Bunt Jam next year. Whose team am I on? As far as the three-on-three basketball next year, um, it looks like your boy Justin Henry could use uh, a helping hand last year. If we don't snipe him and put him on the bunt team, maybe you can uh, you can team up with him. And speaking of Tua real quick, we spoke about it last week on the rundown. But, I mean, it's obvious. It's a gruesome thing. You never want to see that happen to a player, especially a young player with um, the promise of a successful career like Tua. I think the NFL has added the proper protocol. And we're seeing people get pulled out of games much quicker. I mean, we saw it just this week already, which is only a good thing. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater was out of there real quick. They put Miami to the test right away, and they they knew they couldn't uh, fuck around this time. The only thing Uh, I didn't like about that is all the hate coming down on the coach. Like, you know, a lot of the times players are going to want to go back out there. It's not like, I don't think he's the type of guy that's, gonna see Tua visibly hurt and send him back out there like I didn't like that unfair criticism of him yeah um yeah I don't know who the fuck there's so many like people that so many like boxes that need to be checked behind the scenes so who knows what the hell is going on mm-hmm. um I'm sure there's a lot of people partially to blame and as far as the blue edge you've been there no, I've never been. Yeah. I made the drive out there. I think it was on my first trip to Miami. It's a little bit outside of Miami. It's uh yeah, perfect tub of man. Go get it. Literally everything's been done on it, I think, but have at it, bro. As far as a restaurant, try out new new kitchen. I think NIU kitchen. It's like a natural wine spot, but they have like a restaurant next door. Owned by the same people, uh, downtown Miami, amazing. 
get some octopus you get me and then nightlife you said you're gonna go to lot 11 well you, you might have to pull up to 11 afterwards any time of the day still <laughs> street spot university of miami got those crispy benches all over the place yeah that's that's a nice that's a nice vibe over there just go and when you think people won't be in class so maybe a weekend spot have fun down there bro all right next up we got a voice note from benjamin schweizer yo what up the bunt it's your boy schweizer coming to continue the discussion of nolly 270 switchback tail um i really love the responses phoned in homie from new zealand absolutely right tom snape continuing the trick homie with the dusty recording from denmark or whatever yo you can't be calling it that cockroach shit what's on your mind bro come on uh secondly i think a cab flip in is a little doing too much by the goat p-rod you're absolutely right ghost brian peacock does have some excellent big spinning out he cabs out in something sinister good footy there but mr tom snape takes it back to switch which i think is my the best version and it's how gino did it uh i found two clips of snape doing it one in stalin plaza and then uh he has a pretty sick one in uh away days that i missed the first viewing gap out to sort of a metal ledge back to switch uh really nice so yeah it, it can't be called the gino because the gino is a switch backside 180 to nose grind uh riding out regular if i'm not mistaken you guys can agree with me or not on that and then uh so i was thinking of calling it snape in the grass i don't know shout out ants one behind the scenes uh have a good one boys snape in the grass man agree or disagree that's a hard pass for me there's no way anyone's gonna say all those words for one trick <laughs> yeah i think we'll just stick with nolly 270 switchback tail that uh pretty much sums it up i think like what does it take to have a signature trick named after you man i don't think i would call that one the gino either like i don't think i've ever heard anybody refer to that trick as the gino have you mm, maybe uh, i can't i feel like maybe but yeah i don't call it that either I feel like it's got to be i don't know what was the last trick that got named after someone like a bennett grind yeah probably that doesn't happen too often and these days every damn trick's been done it feels like so it's not like you're gonna call like a three flip crooks nolly flip the fucking felipe gustavo yeah what would what would your signature trick be man what would the ghost be <laughs> Um, fuck. I don't know, man. I don't have one. They're all too basic of tricks to like even try and put my name on them. <laughs> all right, moving along. Next email coming in from Sam Riggs. What's up, Bunt Boys? Stoked that the season is back in full swing. My question is, what companies do you think currently have the best and worst graphics? Are there any companies that make great boards, but you refuse to ride because you think the graphics are that trash? For me, real boards feel the best, but find their graphics game to be straight dookie most of the time. Some brands with the toughest graphics currently, in my opinion, are Passport, Quasi, and Alzheimer's. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on the current graphic landscape. Keep those motherfucking barns burning. Peace, boys. Sam from Long Island. Yo, Sam from Long Island, man. Who the fuck do you think you is, dog? 
Yo, I've been skating real boards for like a few years straight now. Biggest shout out to Jim at the Lux, my main man. And uh, skating on a shodware board right now, man. Fucking love it. Nice, chill little graphic. Uh, there will be no real slander up, up in these parts. You get me? So you're going to go with real as the best graphics? What are you going to say are the worst? Um, shit, I don't know. Blind's pretty dust these days, man. Ooh, that's a good one. Worst graphic, I might say something like... Uh monarch skateboards <laughs> goddamn shame our boy diego's over there i'm like considering starting my own fucking board brand to get him off of there <laughs> and then my favorite graphics right now currently i like that aesthetics palace collab that's my favorite graphic right now to be honest nice woo welsh on a palace board <laughs> meeting of the minds right there man real shit real shit legendary combo next up we got a little email my style of email from alex stoiber living on my own for the first time what's your go-to broke boy meal thanks (laughs) oh shit yo shouts to you fucking making the step moving out on your own exploring the world um my go-to broke boy meal i think it's come up on the pod before but it was uh carrots and hot sauce man just oh what the fuck just pour out some franks in a little bowl you know what i'm saying get a nice layer of franks going and then just dip your carrot in there and go to town man health is it health Oh, Fix your eyes. Carrots too. and hot sauce. Um, I mean, I'm still a sucker for craft dinner, man. I'll eat a bowl of craft dinner, no problem, dude. And what's that cost? Like two ninety nine or something. I know Morgan used to tell me he would throw some avocado in the in the craft dinner. So Just add a little something to a nice box of KD. Keeps the budget down and you're nice and full, man. Plus, just eat it right out of the pot. Only got two dishes to do. One spoon, one pot. Keep it moving, man. Real shit, real shit. Next up, we've got a voice note from Jamal Jones. Let's take a listen. <laughs> it's your man's Jay Jones back in the post office. Hey, Bunt boys, take us behind the scenes of the creation of the Bunt Jam. How you made these iconic phrases into iconic obstacles. Let us know a little bit of the creativity that went on. Thank you. Shout out to Jamal, always bringing that fucking energy. The creation of the wall. Do you want to go behind the scenes on that one, man? Um, Yeah, that was all our good homie, Josh Clark. Always killing it. Always coming with the uh, fresh ideas. He knew that, you know, we're all about sports and skateboarding here. So with that in mind, he came up with that epic, epic obstacle. Um, Yeah, that was a fucking sick one. And... uh, yeah, we're about to start having some meetings about next year, so we'll see what kind of creativity we can come up with for next year. But yeah, Josh Clark, man, legend. 
Josh Clark killed it. That was actually supposed to go down at a contest years and years ago. Thankfully, saved it, man. Saved it for the bunch jam. And then obviously the barn burner. That goes without saying. Turn that into a little bump to barn. Skate over. Grind it. Nice, easy obstacle. But, but now it's going to get tough, man. All the easy ideas are gone and out of the way. And we'll see what we have for the second annual bunt jam next summer in Toronto, man. Real shit. Alright, next up, we got an email from Ralph Lloyd Davis. Hey Donovan and Saifa, glad you're back. What was the last photo you got printed? Meaning an actual photo you had printed to frame or whatnot. Bonus, which is your favorite Green Apple video and why? Mine's Modern Love. Yeah, there's the Stanger part, but Rod Ferens. C'est bon ça. Peace. I don't know if I've ever gotten anything printed, to be honest. Kind of blowing it there. Wasn't a photo that I took, but I actually had three photos printed from someone who was taking photos at the Bunt Jam. Some of uh, the Bunt's three-on-three basketball team raising that trophy in year one, man. Had to have that immortalized and framed put up in my office staring at it right now <laughs> every time i do an episode of the bunt now i got that in the background and just think back to that beautiful july night when we shocked the world man <laughs> oh shit leslie ants d jones myself champs for life um this isn't always about having the four best players but four players that play the best together man and you can't beat that teamwork we showed that night real shit the last thing i got printed actually was well my mom got it printed for me for my birthday was a a photo morgan the smith took in uh shanghai because i think he went there a couple years before me and then like we both loved it and if y'all aren't familiar check uh, morgan's instagram he's quite the photographer and uh yeah he was selling prints and my mom got me a blessed shanghai one man good memories obviously this is the funniest thing when people ask these questions and then they pick the obvious answer like obviously modern love is not the best but like what a staple with that stanger part i remember when we did our quarter snacks top five video parts years back i think that was like the first year of the bunt that was one of mine like that part holds weight in any in any decade stanger absolutely going in but if you take modern love then i'll just go with video x paul Liliani, absolutely going fucking psycho man yeah real shit real shit i'll uh i'll go with modern love too though also a big rod ferens fan that flip no slide fakie legend shit talk about kits too man the guy can he knows how to get dressed in the morning yeah we need more people exiting the house in oversized track pants on a daily basis <laughs> all right y'all that's gonna wrap up the post office for this week get your emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com love to hear from you yeah and uh the post office is already being flooded so don't worry, we will get to your email. <coughs> but uh yeah, gotta keep it moving for now. I see Scott Carton again is up in there. 
Welcome back to The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by the one and only Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner, the only buzz. Ghost, your man, the future of your money league team, Kenny Pickett, made his career debut this past week in Buffalo. How'd it go? I mean... The final score wasn't a perfect indication of how it went. I'd say he actually looked pretty good. They just really struggled in the red zone. I think they what they only put up three points, but I think he threw for like 300 yards or so. One interception, pretty bad underthrow to Deontay Johnson. But overall, man, I was pretty encouraged. Um, receivers weren't looking cheesed, you know what I'm saying? finding open guys and it was just a really 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 hard first start like going against the bills and i think that game was sparked with like a 98 yard touchdown and then i think there might have been like was there a special teams turnover or something because i just remember he he was still on the bench and it looked like they were about to be down 14-0 and he hadn't even stepped on the field yet but i think they kicked a field goal so or no i think they stopped them actually but anyways it was just uh he had no chance from the start going against like arguably the best team but uh i liked what i saw and i'm looking forward to the weeks to come if there's any indication on how the game script went the two pittsburgh running backs carried the ball 16 times and kenny pickett attempted 52 passes (laughs) in his first career start so i'd say they have some faith in him he was linking up with george pickens they were, they were moving the ball a little bit here and there. So, yeah, not a bad first start going against what's supposed to be the best team in the league, right? Yeah. George Pickens and Pickett going to be doing it big as a one-two for a long time, hopefully. Yeah, that, that pick, pick. couple very surprising scores this past weekend. The New York football giants got the job done against Aaron Rodgers. How does that happen, man? Yo, I have no idea. Uh, unfortunately, I missed most of that game. I'm on the West Coast right now. So it started at 6 Oh, so that was like 6 a.m. Yeah. yeah, and I woke up still drunk from the night before from my man Phil's birthday and uh, popped it on. It was already 2020. And then Saquon just fucking direct snapped to him, took that shit in. I was against him in fantasy, so that wasn't the best feeling to wake up to. But, uh, man, I didn't realize watching the highlights after that green bay was up like two touchdowns or something and the giants just slowly came all the way back to win that was insane man then two deflected passes to seal the win on aaron Rodgers. that's on Rodgers. yeah but uh shocking they're four and one pretty much who who knew do you think they're real or do you think this is just like a fluky start No, I don't think they're real. They're a bunch of phonies. They've been coached very well, obviously. We saw that in the game. Brian Dabble's doing a hell of a job with them. But I don't think Daniel Jones is good enough to beat some of the top teams in the league, obviously. And I don't think they have the receivers, man. Like Right now, they're leaning on Saquon. Shit got scary when Saquon went down on his shoulder there, went into the tent, missed a couple snaps. But Daniel Jones moves the ball with his feet, and they did just enough to beat Green Bay. Green Bay looked absolutely terrible in the second half. But 
for some reason they would go away from the run game like clearly the strength of the Packers right now is Dylan and Jones and they should be used more than anyone man Dylan should be pounding the ball Jones should be catching it out of the backfield but Aaron Rodgers still wants to heave it downhill to to Dobbs and Lazard and sometimes to Tanyan and it just caught up with them and the Giants just slow slow rolled them through the second half ended up winning and they had a chance there at the end, Green Bay did, but like you said, two balls batted down at the line of scrimmage. Man, it was third and two when they're going for it, and they knew they had to go for it, so why not run on one of those downs? Like, yeah, Give it to Dylan and run and just really get the weird. first down, and then you get start fresh. Or maybe Dylan runs it into the end zone, for God's sake. Who knows? But like, there was just the coaches in, in New York out-coached the coaches in Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers didn't have his best stuff in the second half. And, fucking sad to watch being an Aaron Rodgers fantasy football owner everything was going <laughs> swimmingly in the first half fuck sakes man another surprising uh, finish from the weekend of past the New England Patriots shutting out the once dominant Detroit Lions offense 29 nothing. yeah dude all those stats were coming out about the Lions like I think they had the most touchdowns through four weeks most points and everything uh, I was not expecting that but uh, I guess old man Billy still got a few tricks up his sleeve eh? fucking Jared Goff's always seeing ghosts when he plays them man that Super Bowl wasn't that long ago old man Billy pulled out Bailey Zape at quarterback how the mighty have fallen once playing with Tom Brady in his prime now he's wheeling out some guy named Bailey Zapp. 188 <laughs> yards passing, over 110 of them to Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers can play, man. And Ramondre Stevenson looks like the real deal. 161 yards on 25 carries. Wow. Detroit needs to get DeAndre Swift back, to say the least, man. Yeah, they're going into a bye this week, and hopefully he's back for week seven. The man was beasting before fucking his goddamn shoulder shit started. So, yeah. Poor Lions, man. And the Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush continue to get the job done. 22-10 to 10 over the LA Rams. Is this more of the Cowboys' continued defensive dominance? Or are the Rams actually not as good as we think they are? I think it's a little bit of both, man. Matt Stafford's been struggling pretty much all year i think he had like one game but he's had multiple games with like no touchdown passes what are they now two and three mm -hmm. it's not looking great fucking Allen robinson i think has a three-year deal he looks cooked cooper cup's gonna cooper cup always finds a way to fucking have a big day despite the team struggling i don't know man their run game like cam Akers. i, I had high hopes for him this year but he, he does not look like his former pre-Achilles self yet. Hopefully hopefully that can turn around at some point this season. Henderson, he's fine, but he's, I don't know, he's not like any sort of beast. So the run game's weak. The receiving game's weak other than Cooper Cup. And, Higby, uh, Higby's okay. Yeah, he's at it. Higby's, Higby's not the problem. Cooper Rush is now 4-0. 
Dak's getting ready to come back. Obviously, you know, Dak's going to get his job back. We hope that he's learned a little bit from Cooper Rush and that you don't really need to do too much on this team except let the defense lead you and get the ball to your playmakers. But there might be another controversy, man. Tony Pollard, 86 yards on eight carries. Ezekiel Elliott, 78 yards on 22 carries. Sometimes I feel like it's just the stubbornness of once you give the contract, you're like, we got to make it worth it. But yeah, I mean, it's been like two years in a row now, maybe three, where like Pollard's clearly the more explosive, electric running back there. But they're going to continue to feed the beast, even though he's fucking been slowing down for three years now. Honestly, it seems as though now they're just sending him out there to wear down the defensive line a little bit. And then you put that spark plug, Tony Pollard, out there to finish him off, man. So it might actually be working. But in, imagine they were able to shed the cap of Dak and Zeke, go with Tony and Cooper, and then just think about the money you'd save, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually excited for Dak to come back now because, like, Cooper Rush... He's done a great job not, you know, I wouldn't say, like, he's the main reason they're winning, but he's not fucking them over. But if, if Dak comes back and he's actually playing, like, at his highest level, then that team's scary on both sides of the ball. And uh, it'd be nice to see, man, because Gallup was injured when Dak played that first game. Um, like, they, they'll have a, a real complete offense. And... Uh, Hopefully that's week six, man. But yo, that finger licking pass rush, mwah, 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 is fucking something else, man. Matt Stafford, man, poor bastard, running for his life all damn day. It seemed like. So next week we have a battle of the four and one Cowboys and the five and zero Eagles. Who are you taking in this game? Woo. Yo. I mean, it's in Philly, and we know it ain't easy to play in Philly. It would help if we knew if Dak was gonna play for sure or not. But yo, I'm gonna roll with, I'm gonna roll with Philly at home, man. Let's go six and zero, man. They fucking barely squeaked that one out past the Cardinals, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Philly next week. What are you saying? I'm gonna go with the Cowboys, man. No matter who's at quarterback. Whether it's Cooper Rush or Dak, I feel like the team has found its footing and maybe needing Dak to step back for a second to, to let the other stars rise up. One thing we know about these game manager quarterbacks and like Alex Smith and such, you can't really win the big, big games with them. Like we saw the Chiefs never got over the hump until Mahomes came around. So the Cowboys will need Dak when it really comes down to it. You're not going to win many playoff games, especially if you go in the hole to begin with with a guy like Cooper Rush only attempting 16 passes. I do believe they need Dak, and I hope Dak comes back Sunday night in Philly. Shows him who's boss, man. I can't wait to see whatever, whatever Michael Irvin's up to today on first take. You know he's losing his damn mind after another Cowboys win, man. He might what blow a, a gasket. One other <laughs> huge game at 425, pretty much the prelim of the Cowboys and Eagles, the Bills and Chiefs. You know Josh Allen has this one circled on his calendar. It's in Kansas City. Do you think Josh gets some revenge? Yeah. 
I feel like a lot of times the team that either loses in the finals or in the playoffs, they come in angrier the next season and try and like feel better about themselves with a regular season win, but it it never makes up for that heartbreaking loss the year before. But uh yeah, I think I think the Bills are gonna come in hot, but I'm going with the Chiefs, man. Oh hell state, no state statement win from Mahomes. I'm They've been trying to crown Josh Allen for a time, and Mahomes has always just got to fucking remind the people what's really good, man. Nah, I think this is the time. He's got his man, Gabe Davis, across from Diggsy. I'm going with the Bills. And I hate to break it to you, but next week we got the Broncos in primetime again, baby, the Monday nighter. Oh, my God. So just to let you all know, you can get to bed early on Monday. <laughs> All right, we'll catch y'all next week. Peace.